Hey there, Evil Dead fans. Welcome to another episode of the Ash vs. Evil Dead After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight we are talking about Season 3, Episode 9, Judgment Day. As we recently found out, it's the penultimate episode of the series. We've got a lot to break down, including Brandy's own little mini Evil Dead movie that we got in this episode, Ash vs. Ruby and Kaya, and of course, the return of the Dark Ones. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> I got through the intro, but I can't, guys. I can't even. It's a sad yeah. day here in the studio. I know. I don't know how I'm going to be able to deal. I think... Part of what softened the blow a little bit is how great an episode this actually was, but that doesn't make my heart any less broken, guys. How do I fix that? Yeah, just to, just in case uh, you're listening and maybe haven't haven't heard the news. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll do news and gossip at the top of the show, but let's go ahead and introduce our fantastic panel. Hey there, Evil Dead fans. Welcome back to the Ash vs. Evil Dead After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. To my left is Lex Michael. That's me. That's who I am. Lex Michael is my name. <laughs> and to his left, Lucretia Lyon. That's me, because there's only one, and this one is so sad. <laughs> and I'm being in Selena's guys. And we're going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTVEvilDead. That was a frightening yeah. heel turn right there. Whoa. That's okay. Mm. I've been dead on the inside for a long <laughs> long time so you know hearing devastating news is actually like background noise to me um but we are going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag abtv evil dead on twitter for those of you guys watching live with us we also have you guys covered on the live chat for all of you watching along on youtube hey everybody yeah you uh yuka noir abk88 is already a looking for group therapy for all of us yeah yeah so thank sad you too. i we we're, we're gonna need it so yeah. thank you so much um yeah let's go ahead and uh, there's no point in waiting till the end of the show to talk about news and gossip. Let's go ahead and just talk about news and gossip yeah. right now before we get into our initial thoughts of this episode. Guys, yeah. we found out on on Friday, on 420, yeah. no ruining less. the holiday for me and uh, Mr. Shint Malone, Bruce Campbell himself, uh, that stars had decided to cancel Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yeah. Um... Which is such a bummer and so disappointing. I can't say that we haven't talked about that as a possibility for the last several weeks. Um, So that's kind of sad when your fears are sort of confirmed in that way. But at the same time, like, just looking at the response of all of the cast members um, in terms of, like, just being so grateful that they got the opportunity to, to tell this story and to extend the lore a little bit, that stars took a chance on this show, you know, they're all incredibly gracious uh, in terms of, you know, having having bad news blown to, you know, blown to them on 420. It was really right. upsetting. Right. I mean, like, where, where I come down, though, and I don't know about you guys, where I come down is ultimately, of course, this was a huge, huge bummer to hear, but I think we'd been, we'd been bracing ourselves for a little bit, uh, preparing for this news. There are a lot of people I've been seeing on social media that are getting super mad at stars. Like, that's where they don't know what to do with their emotion, and that's where they're directing it. And while I understand it's easy to point the finger at the network, I stars gave this show a chance in yeah, the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Like they gave us uh, what fifteen new hours of Evil Dead in a world where we had all, I think, kind of assumed that there was just never going what was to there, be anymore. Like, collectively, yeah. maybe six hours if you count all four of the movies. 
Maybe yeah. six hours. R- right, exactly. So we've almost what we've more we've more than doubled the amount of Evil Dead that's in in the, the world. world. <laughs> and and the fact that this this show lived at all, I think, is worth being being super super happy about. Even though, yes, it is now coming to its end. Yeah, you know, finding out on that day, you know, it definitely blew. Um, <laughs> but <Ba-dum-tish. laughs> But yeah, and it it is just like. It, it sucks, but you have to look at the bright side of things. Ha ha, shameless plug. Shameless plug. Let's get that plug and started early. Download on iTunes now. Lucretia, um, can we all hop onto your podcast and like just vomit our feelings and talk about the bright side of the show? I think that we need to do that now. Like, there's an episode, and also that get that gives me some material. But yeah, like it is the thing. It's like you say. Um, we did get three seasons of this, and that's certainly more Firefly than we ever got. So that's how I have <laughs> yes. to think about it. Like, because everything definitely. I love gets canceled. Yeah, it, it's got two more seasons than Firefly. <laughs> uh, but but two, like another another coin, right? With two sides. On the one hand, of course, we're we're losing what, in my estimation, is one of the most singularly unique things on television right now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if it's gonna end, and if we're gonna get the news fairly last minute, at least it really does seem like we they weren't kidding we've built to what feels like about the biggest climax we could hope for for this story i have to concur with all of that i i'm heartbroken that this show is going to be ending in two weeks however it's incredible that we even got it to begin with because something uh that has kind of seem to be a recurring thing with the Evil Dead franchise. You know, I always look back at Army of Darkness. They finally got a bigger budget, and it was the biggest underperforming film. And so it's it's one of those things where these movies have always been big with their core audience, with the people who love them. Uh, and mainstream-wise, they were always hit or miss. Sometimes they were successful, sometimes they weren't. So for stars to take a chance on this show, it really meant a lot. And for... All of the voices that came back to it um, to to further tell this story because the fans have been demanding it for literal decades. Yep. Yep. It was it was incredible to see what they got what they brought to the table and especially in this season to see all the new stuff they were trying. Uh, adding the characters that they added, doing uh, the otherworldly aspect of things that they were doing. It was. It's incredibly refreshing to see a franchise grow and develop rather than just doing the same old stuff over and over again. Well, and we got to see Ash grow and develop, and that's something we thought we'd never see. Which is, it kind of makes sense that this is the end now because he has grown and changed as a character. So I I don't think we could ask for anything more than what we've gotten and maybe that maybe that sounds a little like a downer but like I I can't help but be grateful for every single moment that we got Right. It, it, I, my, I'm so terrified that we're still going to manage to end next week on some massive cliffhanger. I that's mean, gonna just be so, right? that's, that's really gonna be, mean. That's going to be truly, truly, but truly maddening. But at the same maddening. time, that's also so in line with Evil it Dead, so right? It so is. It so is. If you is. go back 
to the original Evil Dead. That one ended on a cliffhanger. Evil Dead 2 ended with him being thrown into the past. And Evil Dead 3 was supposed to end with, with the, him in the future. That's yeah. right. So kind of cliffhanger endings are also sort of par for the course on this series. So. That's true. It seems like there's a very real chance that we'll get some sort of emotional closure on at least, uh, very possibly Ash himself, if not any semblance of plot closure. But that's probably better saved for the predi- yes. predictions aspect of our show. We just wanted to tackle the news and gossip and talk about our our sort of feelings on that before we really got into it tonight. Um, but, at the, I mean, at the end of the day, what what can you say? The show has been a lot of fun, and talking about it with you guys has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Aww. Aww. Yeah, I like you guys, too. And now to undercut that emotional moment with a segue... Do you guys want to have fun and learn <laughs> in all areas of your life? Well, if you guys do, we've got a podcast for you. We do. We do. You're right. You're so. You're yeah. so right. I'd almost forgotten, and that uh, that I. I'm so glad you reminded me. What a relief! Because I want to have fun, grow, and learn in all areas of my life. I think you guys might as well. And you're right. I just. Uh, I found under under the table here. Mm-hmm. I found a podcast that is perfect for just that thing. It is called Conversations with Maria Menounos Podcast edition. It's hosted by our AfterBuzz TV founder, and it drops every Friday on iTunes. Conversations with Maria Menounos features celebrity and influencer interviews along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of life, from health and wellness to career, relationships, finances, and more. Let our Maria be the big sister you've always wanted. Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos for free. Be sure to rate and comment, and when you do, let Maria know it was the good folks at ABTV, Ash vs. Evil Dead, who sent you there. Conversations with Maria Menounos, Podcast edition. Check it out. As a fan of Maria's books, I know how much you can learn from her. It's nice to have a free weekly podcast to learn even more. Yeah. Yep. The uh, and again, as as I mentioned before, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to talk about this show on this network with you wonderful people. Yes. Um, and we wouldn't be able to do that if uh, Kevin and Maria hadn't provided us the opportunity and the platform to do so. So guys, it really does mean a lot when you go and support the people who support us in return. So thank you guys so, so much. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. All right, let's get to this episode. Uh, This episode, in my opinion, is one of the best this series has done. And again, even though I'm heartbroken at the sad news, this episode was so much fun. Fun! Yes. It was the perfect blend of horror and comedy and eerie atmosphere, but also heartfelt moments, but also silly, dumb moments. Like, this was Evil Dead. Yes. There were so many just, like, really good uh, cinematic moments that were callbacks to the original uh, movies that I loved in this episode. So good. And just like, I mean, Pablo in the rain was just so very 80s horror. And Brandy in the shed, I was just like... Oh my god, we're going back to the basics. We're going back to it. I will I will say one of the most harrowing moments of tonight's episode for me was the moment where Pablo's hair is defeated by the rain. <laughs> I watched it. I watched Ray get the water on his head and I just watched that thing fall like a souffle and it it hurt. It hurt me inside. <laughs> you know you're like oh man it's real now it's real whatever now. was going on before forget all that the hair has fallen oh uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah i feel like this episode was the perfect blend of just about everything 
Um, let's start off by talking about poor Zoe. Because yeah. she did not come out very well. No. If there is one big critique I would have about this show, it's less about this show and more about the state of horror in general and how this show does lean into that trope a little bit, but just the revolving door of women of color. Like, that's the one aspect of the show that I'm really not okay with. And again, it's less of a commentary on this franchise as a whole and just more of on the horror genre in general. Like, every time they introduce a woman of color, they kill her off and then introduce another one. You're, and it's uh, really... It's, every, it's not as bad yeah. as Walking Dead. No, yeah. but now that I'm thinking about it, that has happened all three seasons. Yeah. Uh, but at least, like I said, Walking Dead <laughs> got really bad with it to the point where they actually killed a black character with a revolving door. I yeah. was like, oh, that that's was... right. That yeah, was... Noah. How dare you? Yeah. Wow. Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> I was, oh, wow. Oh. I'm just I'm just gonna sit here for a minute. I yeah. it's it's the one thing about the show that I found really upsetting, and I was hoping that Zoe would would amount to a little bit more than just another sort of body. And, <laughs> and she didn't even see it coming. Good, uh, Good night, everybody. Yep. <laughs> I had to do it, but yeah. If only more horror movies were like Demon Knight, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. More That's movies need to one. end like Demon Jada Knight. Pickett. <laughs> oh, she's the best. And Billy Zane. Yeah. Can we just have more horror movies with both of them? I think we just need more Billy Zane in everything. <laughs> in everything. Yeah, I think that. And honestly, like, so he played P.T. Barnum on an episode of Legends this yes. past season. More Billy Zane as P.T. Barnum in everything. I would what? watch that. I yeah. would watch, like, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, but it's P.T. Barnum and it's Billy Zane. I have to go now. Legends is <laughs> the best show on television. There's a, a thing I need to yeah. see. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever it's heard. pretty good. It, it is very good. I, I highly recommend that episode. And playing Billy Zane and more stuff. Um, but yeah, so I was really upset that Zoe got killed off so quickly and so unceremoniously. And and quite terribly for her, I might yeah! add. Like, she yeah. got, was flayed and her poor, her back skin was turned into a uh, some literature, which yeah. is jarring. Yeah. Uh, they, they cut off a giant section of her skin from her back, and then to escape, she throws her chair backwards and lands directly on the part of her body that was just mutilated. But what a man to just, like, get up and be like, keep going, yeah. Like, like no, and this is why I'm, like, I'm upset, because she was clearly a badass, yeah. a novice, yes. and definitely yeah. naive, but oh man, you got to applaud her spirit, if yeah. not her tactical acumen, in that moment, because there's almost literally no possible way that even somebody with, I don't know, five times her experience was probably going to get out of there. Oh no! So Definitely you know, not. so still, just to like throw yourself off the chair and to like try and make yeah. a real go well, of it. And what a horrifying thing to like be unable to open up the door you're trying to escape out of while also slipping on your own blood that is just like pouring out of all of the different wounds that you've accumulated. As demons are descending, literal demons are descending upon you. Ugh. Oh, the worst. Oh, the worst. But she went down like a boss. She was like, hey, you're all still going down. It's that, like, blind faith that, like, Dalton had as well. The, like... The, the what faith? <laughs> oh, no. Now I have I to go like, home twice. Is that why they poked out her eyes? Because she was a person who had blind faith in Ash Williams? Yep. 
metaphor murder oh yeah. that's so sad yeah. but yeah zoe was a badass zoe yeah. was a badass for a minute and i i felt bad for her that she didn't get more time to shine sure so, yeah yep so that her her story arc is very sad she shows up all her friends get killed they leave her alone for a minute she gets abducted by demons and murdered horribly like that's her yeah. whole story that this is season. that is the that is the character which yep. not for nothing we get two or three of those a year with this show yep that's yep, every yep. female character on supernatural so I'm, like, <laughs> I'm used to this i'm like happens every year <sighs> and like oh. i said just revolving door of the women of color so like guys next horror comedy series you guys decide to produce green light whatever i don't know maybe make the protagonist a woman of color to compensate <laughs> that would she that what you just said call me it's yeah. fine. Um, so stop making better shows than the people who are making the shows, Megan. How dare you? <laughs> this show is fabulous. This show is great, but stop making better shows than everybody else. <laughs> so we, while that's going on, unfortunately, we get some good stuff in terms of character relationship stuff between before the gang splits up. But we get this moment with Ash and Brandy where before they they leave her alone to defend herself to have her own little horror movie, uh, they get this great moment of apparently coming back from the dead gives you quite a hangover. Yep. And mm-hmm. Ash is like, oh, I don't get those. I know. <laughs> yeah. so good. Is that I just part that. of being the chosen one? Is that you don't get hangovers and you don't get sick when you come back from the dead? Well, no, it usually has to do with the fact of like, Ash is just so used to it, he just doesn't get hangovers. Like, <laughs> like that's the thing. He's built up a tolerance. The hardest working liver in the galaxy. Yeah, and say. just all dealing with this gross shit too. <laughs> right, and look at how hard Ash gets bounced yeah. around against stuff all the time like that dude's got a powerful constitution that's very true um and we get this cute little moment of uh you know brandy and ash hugging Uh, that's really nice and since he missed out i guess on all of the gross baby stuff she just throws up on his shirt and of course first thing dude does is put his hand right in it not even his his robot hand his human Mm. hand that can feel how gross it is and do you know what like what makes it weird is of course like he's surrounded by blood blood and they're all covered in viscera all the time but like it's evil demon goo and stuff right like this is just somebody's vomit and for that reason it's a weirdly grosser to me that he's putting his hand in it it's like ugh, yeah it's like i'm gonna have to change my shirt before i do battle with the forces of evil i can't show up to fight ruby like this like oh god like but at least he was really sweet about it when i throw up on my mom nowadays she doesn't She's not very sweet about it. <laughs> She's less understanding. Yeah. Like, why are you throwing from my car? Why'd you drink all that absinthe? <laughs> Slightly different scenarios. Um, but yeah, we, we leave Brandy alone, and what proceeds is, I think, one of my favorite things that the show has ever done, and that is Brandy's Evil Dead. Yes. Yeah. And I... Was I'm just like I'm smile. You guys listening on iTunes can't see it, but I am just smiling ear to ear, 
just with how well this whole thing was executed. Yeah. And Lucretia, you brought up how much of a throwback it was to the original Evil Dead franchise, to <laughs> Army of Darkness, to Evil Dead 2. Like, so much of this was so intentionally well executed. There was a moment, of course, because a lot of what happens in that in that tool shed is re- revealed to be a, a vision that she's being implanted with, I suppose. But I really did have a moment where I went, um... Is Homegirl going to have a table saw for a hand now? <laughs> That's what I thought is I was like, when she notices the chainsaw is gone and she sees the table saw, I'm like, oh my God, this is so adorable. Like father, like daughter. Right. Is she just going to have it on a, like, run at people with this big boxy thing on her arm? Well, like, to be honest, it seems, would that be? it would seem more practical than the chainsaw because it's smaller. A little. I think the only problem with it is that you would have to get a portable power source with it. Like, oh, yeah. Chainsaws are gas operated. Right. So, like, you would have to figure out some way. Th- those little buzz saws you plug into the wall, you would have to find some sort of power source for it. They if figured you're gonna it out. Carry- I yeah. mean, like, they figured out the robot hands. Pablo so, like, yeah. made Ash a robot yeah, hand. Yeah. He could figure He's out ex- a battery sort yeah, of yeah. source for her. Yeah. Absolutely. But but uh, she still has both hands, though she is missing a, a finger now because the evil phone dead I bit it off. Uh, <laughs> More like the, like this weird, like, you know what he reminded me of? Do you remember when we all had, like, Microsoft Word and they had that paperclip mascot? Yeah, he did look like him. A little, like, clippy, Remind yeah. me, like, he's going to bite off your appendages, but he's also going to give you formatting advice. <laughs> hey, it looks like you're trying <laughs> to send yeah. a text for help. Do you want some assistance with that? And I want that phone case. The, the Necronomicon phone case. It that looks, looks pretty like cool. you're trying to battle the forces of darkness. Do you need some help? <laughs> yeah. Are, are you trying to export this to PDF? <laughs> this finger I ate. I really loved this whole sequence. Because um, even, the, even the hallucination aspect of it, that's straight out of Evil Dead 2. And it's, it just made me so happy. And also one of the things that a lot of modern horror kind of does a little schlockily is figuring out the problems of your cell phone. Right. It's like, oh, I've got no reception. Oh, my battery died. You know, they there's never really been a satisfying way for a lot of horror movies to deal with the problem of cell phones. Until right. now. <laughs> I would say that there there are some exceptions yeah. to that. Like Oculus, I think, did a, did a fairly decent job um, oh, yeah. dealing with the, the phone problem. But this was great. Have the Deadite possess the phone. That's perfect. And and then, yeah. too, they can do, like, Deadites really like to rub it in. So, of course, then they can use her mother's voice to taunt her even further. And I like that, like, you know, the little cracks of, like, oh, just see if you're going to get another phone after this. Like, <laughs> I, I like little moments like that were, were cool. Yeah, they're such dicks, but it's fun. Yeah, and it didn't come off as, like, millennial bashing either. Right. Yeah. Which it so easily could have. No, it's right. just a Deadite, you know. Doing what deadites do, which was I appreciated. I, I feel like the way Brandy has essentially inherited Ash's life, his world, almost as if you can pass this shit genetically. I feel I on the one hand, I feel so bad for her because things seem to be going so pleasantly and normally for her before Ash came back into her life. But at the same time, she, once again, handling herself pretty admirably, all things considered. Yeah, I, I was a little worried at first when they're like, you stay here while we go take care of the demon stuff. And then like, but like, then the camera gets to stay on her and we get to go, oh, wait, no, that's right. This is the point where she gets to rise above. And even though she doesn't end up using it, she in fact 
drops it outside. The handing off of the boomstick felt like a passing of the torch moment. Yeah, I like that moment. I know, and he's like, this is my boomstick. It's gotten me through a lot of situations. I'm like, it's got a hair trigger and it kicks like a mule. So be careful. (laughs) So sweet and fatherly. And I just have to call this out in the chat, even though we've gone past it. It was so funny to me. ABK88 Ash has been covered in worse fluids. (laughs) Sure has. That that deserved a But they they weren't live people fluids except for the sperm at that time I guess <laughs> yeah okay. I was about to say oh, right. that, that big one was <laughs> okay. live people fluids no, you, you saw it about midway through that sentence Dude. I realized yeah. or Evil Ooh. Dead 2 Annie like straight up got like a like a hose of human blood like sprayed <laughs> at her like that was I think that's like one of my favorite moments of the movie it's just so funny um, but yeah, and so we, we get this whole sequence of her, I think probably one of my favorite bits was just, who's laughing now? Which, a wonderful yeah. callback, but at the same time, pretty sure no one's told her that story. That's just an inherent Williams thing to do. Yeah. Right, <laughs> she just she just feels it. It's like somewhere nestled in their brain. It's like, alright, this is the moment, one-liner, quip, something. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, I feel like there's a there's a fair argument to be made about nature versus nurture here, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Every member of the Williams line has this capacity for badassness. It just needs to get unlocked through trauma. And for some reason, across generations, that one keeps coming up. Who's laughing now? Yeah. <laughs> It's like your ability to snark with uh, deadites is inherent in you. <laughs> it's just in your blood. And you just can't stand when evil is mirthful. Nope. 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 You cannot abide. <laughs> um, but before we move on, I want to talk to you guys really quickly about iTunes. Folks, thank you so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you. And is the best way to let our aforementioned producers know that you guys like the show that we're putting on. Um, we only have one episode left, and we don't have any new comments this week. However, we know some of you guys have been watching us since the very beginning, so if you guys would like, we would love to shout out everybody who supported this show uh, next on next week's episode. Uh, so if you guys go to iTunes and leave a comment, we will give you a shout out on the show. Uh, but be sure to do it as soon as you can, because iTunes takes a couple of days um, for those uh, comments to update. So, again, we want to give you guys a shout-out, because we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you guys, too. So, we'd love uh, for for us to be able to extend our appreciation. So, please go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love you guys. It's true. Cool. Yep. True story. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Pablo and the Necronomicon. Yeah. So, he can now see through the book's face. <laughs> Which, like, are these poor people, their lives are very stressful. They're very yeah. stressful. I feel like if I if I was walking around and I with the knowledge somewhere in my brain that at any moment I could completely lose vision, I could completely lose my tether to where I am in place and time, and suddenly I'm seeing through the eyes of a demon book Even clad in human skin. Driving. I'd be so pissed. Uh, I'd be that, pissed and exhausted. That would be so inconvenient. Like, I get anxiety just like going to work and right. you know having shows to do and like other things on my plate like 
That's enough to make me go, man, life is hard. There was that moment where he's starting to lose his vision while they're driving, and he's like, Brandy, take the wheel. And I'm going, is he going to slow the car down? Is he going to remember before he's completely gone? You don't hit it. You don't fly through the windshield. No, you gradual control, safe stop. And just move over to the side of the road. And just let Brandy pull you over. You put your blinker on, and you just pull off to the side. You can just feel for that shit. But yeah, it's kind of terrifying uh, because he's never, as he points out, he doesn't really have a manual on what it's like being a witch doctor right. and being part Necronomicon. That's something that no, there's no user's manual for. There's no uh, tutorial right. on sort of figuring it out. Things just happen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's terrifying when they do. But I really like this idea that now, because Pablo does have a foot in both worlds, as it were, evil is not all that interested in him. It's almost yeah. like it's almost like on Walking Dead where it's like if you cut yourself with the viscera they won't necessarily detect you. It's almost like because he's got a foot there, because he's got that dark magic scent on him, evil just passes him by. Or like they check him real quick. They like try and throw him around a little bit, but he's like, "No, I'm I'm good. What's going on?" It's cuz he's got They're that like, scent. "I guess you're part evil." Right. Like as they have their like hand in his chest, like literally check him out and going, yeah, I guess you're evil enough. Right. It's like they <laughs> check each other. Right. It's like, evil, 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 not evil. <laughs> and they go for that person. <laughs> you have a conscience. Not cool, man. Oh, but we gotta, I guess, because we're, we're, we're talking around them now, <laughs> we gotta talk about the Dark Ones who now, for the first time, uh, have appeared in the flesh? In the fabric? What is that? In the fabric, I think, is Uh, a good way to put it. And I love that while they're definitely not as big as I alluded last week to imagining them being... Why are we opening that up again? What I love love is that they all look like the ghost of Christmas future from Muppet Christmas Carol. Like they have three identical children and they're the dark ones. (laughs) Yep. Do you think if we like opened up one of the robes, it would be like the movie Scrooged, where you just see yeah. like the, the like tormented souls hanging out behind the rib cage? Or maybe if you oh, it's just three. It's like three of the little rascals. Dark <laughs> ones, eat the dark ones. They're the modern evil family. Like you think that all of these dark ones are just demon children in a trench coat, as it were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's like cool. it's it's like our gang. Like our the yeah. little rascals all died horribly. <laughs> once and now they've come back from the rift and there's just there's nine of them and three in a cloak a piece (laughs) that's hilarious yeah yeah (laughs) i love i love that theory yeah yeah, it's not if there's not fan art of that out there somewhere, there needs to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's like if you notice, like one of them has an extra pointy hood because it's it's alfalfa's little alfalfa. <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah, we finally get to see the dark ones. And I'm with you, Lex. I don't quite know what I was expecting, but I I have to say that I I, I, I appreciate they look just like the picture. They do. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. It was like I appreciate that they look like all of the illustrations that we like, got up to this point. I I thought they were just crappy artists, but I'm like, no, that's really what they look like. So I'm like, well, bravo. Like the whole time I'm going, what What do they look like under those cloaks when all along they are cloaks? 
<laughs> They're just evil quotes. Now, what I'm wondering, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I'm wondering, what I'm wondering is if they're all kind of like Transformers, and like what? they all, or they're kind of like the demonic version of Voltron, and they link up to create this big giant demon that we see. They're a combiner. Just a, just a bigger yeah. cloak. Just a really With their big... powers combined. I love all the Captain Planet reference stuff lately. It's like, we need a Captain Planet show starring Bruce Campbell as Captain Planet. Uh, I would, yes. I would, that. Oh I would my throw gosh. so much money at that, y'all don't even know. I would watch only that from now yeah. on. Complete sidebar, absolutely in danger of getting the off-topic button. But actually, there's a show on Cartoon Network recently that did a Captain Planet crossover, uh, OKKO. Like, 100%, they played it straight. It was not a parody. They, they, They were like, yes, we're doing a Captain Planet crossover, and they did a Captain Planet crossover. That's almost as awesome as Supernatural doing one with Scooby-Doo. Almost. <laughs> I'm going to have to go find this. So go go check out OKKO. Um, like I said, I have not watched the episode, but I've seen a clip, and I went, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, all right, so to get back, so we don't get the off-topic button, um, yeah, we, we finally get to see the Dark Ones, and gosh darn it, if Ash doesn't have just... Almost the best timing and the worst timing because he decides that as they are coming through the rift, that now is the best time to go take out Ruby once and for all. Which was a wonderful moment because he says this quite often. And I love that they say they step on his line. He's like, I'm I mean it this time. (laughs) (laughs) You kids and your music. (laughs) Yes. Old man Ash. And uh, so he goes and uh, he goes back to Previtt's place uh, to take on Ruby and Kaya. And for a little while, like, he's actually got sort of the upper hand on them because he actually managed to sneak up on them somehow. Well, and as it as it turns out, uh, Ruby's fears of the Dark Ones were pretty well founded. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how messed up is it that... Like, they ripped Kaya's soul out of Kelly's body and, like, made a new body, I guess, for her just to stick- dump in just so that they could burn her right? Well, inside and out. I want to say, well, nice of them, because they're like, well, this Kelly chick, we don't really have an in- issue with her. We're yeah. not going to burn her body. That They were at least being pretty chill about that. I liked that. You have to yeah. hand it to the, the Dark Ones. They... they they knew where they had been wronged, I suppose. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or it's like, it's like a minor thing. It's like well, it's like we don't have to we don't have to get rid of this body, but it's like we're already we're already getting you on so many things. Like this isn't yours. We're gonna take this. <laughs> this too. isn't yours. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, I can, I, you have no magic shit to take except this. So we're taking it back. <laughs> but yeah, they absolutely could have just burned Kelly's body. So that's that's a plus. For our guys. Yeah, at least they were being thoughtful to the ghost beaters. Yes, and uh, and Ash is able to get, get out of there with Kelly's body and with the book. But I have to say, though, I have to point out that, like, talking about how this is really feeling like the end of an era, like, during his confrontation with Ruby, she rips the chainsaw off of his arm and crushes it. And yeah. I, I, as much as, like, this was a heartbreaking moment, I love the way that Lucy played this almost sexually and just, like, like, destroying Ew. it. Yeah, she's like, oh. 
Like it was so perfect. I'm like, even though I'm cringing because it's the chainsaw. It's the chainsaw. It felt it's, like it felt like yeah. Thor losing the hammer. Yeah, it absolutely did. It's like that's My so hammer. ingrained in like the identity of the character that like to it's one thing for him to go back in time and to run out of gas. Yes, uh, and to need to make himself a <laughs> makeshift robot hands. Um, it's a completely different thing to have a foe crush this iconic part of him. Yes. And, like, you can even see Ash, he's like, no! Like, that was more painful to him than throwing him up against the wall. (laughs) But then, I love whenever Ruby is, uh, conversely, getting destroyed by the Dark Ones, and he's like, oh, I'm Ruby, I'm Mansi! Fuck off! (laughs) I love it. That was amazing. And, like, it was this moment where it's like, it was a big moment, because now, right, Ruby's dead. Like, that's it, right? Well, that is it. Show's over. Of yeah, her. show's not coming back. This is it. Uh, right, no, so she's de- she's gone. She's out. Ruby, our great, like our primary antagonist, has been vanquished by an even bigger antagonist. And although, of course, it's very sad that not just I mean the show is ending, but also if it if it were to come back, would we see Lucy on it uh, at all? Of course, that's very sad, but at the same time, would not be sad for Ash at all. He would be reacting <laughs> no. exactly the same. He's like, I didn't even have to do anything. This is amazing. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and then yeah. runs away. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Yeah, that was so funny because he was just like, I'm going to linger around. So I'd be like, <laughs> like, just mock her. There, there was a part of me that was sad because because we had a version of Ruby that wanted to be a mentor, yeah. that was trying to do the right thing, that realized she had gone down the wrong path. There was a part of me that wanted to see that Ruby again. And now that Ruby, you know, the last sort of remnant of Ruby is dead Super and toast. gone, yeah. that's no longer a possibility. However, given that the show is coming to an end and she has been nothing but an antagonist this entire season, yeah. Bye. And, <laughs> right. And and not for nothing, it does make a certain amount of sense for her story to conclude here. This was the thing that she had been running from, essentially, for, for the, our entire relationship with that character. And because she is evil and hope, more often than not, we hope to see evil punished. This makes the most dramatic sense to me. Is that yeah. thing that she was running from the whole time, this bigger threat that has to show up eventually for us to have a big climax finally catches up with her. Yeah. The main thing that has been used to justify all of her actions, she's like, oh, but the dark ones. Like, if I rule the world, then at least it's not the dark mm-hmm. ones, guys, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, so, like, the one thing that she's used to, like, act as a justification for everything that she's done up until this point gets thrown in her face, and her last words are, well, Ash Williams is going to take care of all of you. Have yeah. fun with that. And it's like, that has to be kind of bittersweet for her, too, having to admit that her arch nemesis is going to be the one to beat the people about to about to kill her. Right. Yep. And I like, too, it does it does imply on some level, like, she she believed she was the only person who could outwit Ash. It's like, oh, now, it's like, without me to get rid of him, oh, like, you guys are really screwed. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's narcissism at its finest. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that kind of is the character in a nutshell a little bit. Um, and we haven't even touched on, like, how all of this supernatural activity is affecting the rest of Elk Grove. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, talking about sort of the more eerie aspects of this episode, oh, my gosh, a lot of Elk Grove 
felt like classic horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, from Brandy, like, looking out the window, to seeing, like, the undead guy across the street in the yellow jacket, like, all of this was, like, really well, there, like, it was crazy and zany, but then when it wanted to slow down and, like, build up the tension, it absolutely did that. Right, like, the the lead up to the bartender turning, right? <laughs> like, his face is peeling off parts of his own face, like, stuff like that. And then, of course, immediately, we're just right into chaos as we see, like, waves of people have become deadites and are now just feasting on everything they can grab. Well, because so much of this franchise has just been spent usually in one room. That's where the deadites are, is wherever Ash is. It's never been a whole town situation or really that many people affected. So this is like the first time you're actually seeing it other than, you know, with the zombie kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like in Army of Darkness, there was a castle. Yeah. But like, it was just that place. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But now, right, like especially at the end of this episode and leading into the next episode, it feels like we're getting about as close to like World War Ash as we were ever going to get, which is really cool. But it's it's so cool because it sounds like, yeah, we we get everybody is is back in together. Um, And talking again about Ash's like perfect but not so perfect timing. He gets Kelly. He gets the Necronomicon. He gets one last F you to Ruby. And then like. And then pieces out. Right. Only to get into a car wreck and, you know, trying to avoid hitting Pablo and his daughter. And, you know, ending up, he loses the Necronomicon. And that's kind of it. Because then it looks like this giant kaiju sized. Deadeye is emerging from beneath the ground. Come on, man. It's everything we've ever wanted. Oh, yes. He's going to fight the giant thing from the poster. He's. It looks so. Di- it looks different than the posters. It though. looks. Oh, because, like, when I was finished watching it, I, I looked at the key art again and I'm like, the head looks similar from the, like, the promo from the next week on. Like, the head like, looks very similar. The, uh, the, the thing in the poster looks way too fleshy. Like, it looks like the giant head that, like, broke into the cabin at the end of Evil. Dead too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this looks kind of more like um, like a winged gargoyle. Yeah, uh, and it doesn't look as fleshy. It looks like it's more comprised of darkness than it does. Like it's a giant heartless or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like oh, it's like trying to awkwardly suss out like somebody's background. It's like, hey, where's your family from? Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's great, great. Thank so you. like Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> It's like um, on Little Nicky whenever it's like, where are you from? The Deep South. <laughs> and he just like, <laughs> he just thinks it's so funny. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, do we have any final thoughts on this episode before we move into some official predictions? Um, Aaron Ventura says Dalton is the new Kenny, and I think that's funny. He just keeps dying. Oh, poor Dalton. <laughs> Oh, man. I feel like, I I don't know why, I feel like there's at least one thing that we're forgetting, but if there is, we can tag up on it when we talk about the finale. Yeah, Yeah. I just, we're we're leading into the final half hour of Evil Dead, presumably, that there's ever going to be. is it 
is it just a half hour? Or are we getting like a special hour long episode? I was week? under. I, I hadn't heard anything, so I just Neither assumed. Had I, so I uh, yeah, I think it's just thirty minutes. I just assumed it was thirty minutes. Oh. Uh, but I, yeah, otherwise, I, it would have been like hour long finale. Oh, I, I think just based on this episode, I think we put ourselves in a position to end the story. It doesn't mean everything is going to be tied up perfectly with a nice, neat little bow. But I I think yeah, everything now we've tied up certain threats. We've got now our big our big like final act battle uh that has been set up final boss right our emotional stakes are all in place we still have you know one one global mission which is i guess defeat evil possibly as personified by this giant kaiju monster right one personal problem that we still have to solve which is saving kelly and then we all have to try and keep each other safe as we win the day once and for all and then presumably all that gets figured out figuring out what to do with the necronomicon to make sure this doesn't keep happening yeah not for nothing man like we got to put this shit somewhere no one else is gonna find it like for real this time <laughs> um yeah you and so, always say that right yeah. but yeah so um uh we'll we'll see but like it uh, my my emotions that's my last thought about this is like i'm not i'm not ready and is it wrong that part of me was like we've got to put this in a place that no one will ever find it and it's like should we make a joy- joke about like Toys R Us shutting down <laughs> Brookstone I mean all these places it's like yeah that's where you put it one of these stores that's going out of business <laughs> like as a, as a nice little like oh no one will ever find it here like I feel like they need to have like a nice little moment uh, like that to like bring it back to real world problems. Isn't it sad though that probably the best place yeah. to hide a book yeah. if you never want anyone to find it is a bookstore? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say maybe put it in a Barnes and Noble. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like uh, uh, a brick and mortar bookstore. Yeah. Yeah, um again, this this has been one of my favorite episodes. I feel like it encompassed so much of what makes this franchise what it is. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and dive on into some predictions for the final episode. Now, you're after Buzz TV predictions. I I don't know I don't know who survives this entire ordeal, but I do think we save Kelly, or at least we get her back in her body. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, we did at least see her in the preview shooting a gun, and I don't know if they have guns in the Rift. So. Yeah, what, what, like, what would they yeah. do with them? I would love for them to immediately put Kelly back in her body so that she can be part of the final fight. I feel like that would be a huge disservice to Dana DeLorenzo Absolutely. and what, you know, yeah. how big of a part of the show she's been to have her completely sidelined for the finale. That... That doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, right. she needs to fuck their face with bullets. Absolutely, it would. It would be. It would be a shame if we don't get some something that that harkens back to the three of them as the core of the series. Um, but also two and brandy. And, yeah, yeah, and of course, and brandy. <laughs> and now it's it's like a, it's like a table with four legs. It's great. Yeah. Um, oh. no, it's a ghost beater table with ghost beater <laughs> stuff on it. Um, so <laughs> I'm curious to see how how everybody's individual skill sets do or do not play into this final confrontation. But it also it not only does Ash have a tank now, uh, but it looks like Ash is preparing to make uh his own final stand of sorts and if we're really lucky maybe it it will afford them an opportunity to make a final statement about the character and the world before they sign off yeah Yeah. i love that ash has a tank like if anything i ever wanted from that series that i haven't gotten yet it is ash in a tank yeah, that's that's one of the few things this franchise has not given us, and it looks like that's exactly what we're going to get. 
Um, you know, the the main thing with Ash is that he's a selfish person and in order for him to grow or do the right thing, he has to do something for someone other than himself. And often that means standing his ground when he could run away. Yeah. And that looks like that's what, you know, that what that's what happened in Army of Darkness. He had the option to run, but he chose to stay because he was tired of running. And it looks like that's sort of what this series is building up to as well. Yeah, and and not for nothing, if we're about to see the very last half hour of Evil Dead, if the show had to end, it looks like they're going out huge. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how you top giant kaiju-sized gargoyle deadite. Like, I don't. At that point, yeah. you have to go to space there's <laughs> nowhere else to go and and i don't know how you take this show to space without fundamentally changing what the show is so if we're not so that doing that took jason different. to space okay <laughs> like they can take point. ash to space well, i think that just about does it for our predictions uh so folks thank you so much for hanging out and talking about this show with us lucretia where can people go if they want to find you since i'm lucretia lion guys you can always find me at l-a-c-r-e-t-i-a-l-y-o-n anywhere on the internet since there is only one and uh as as I mentioned earlier, I have a podcast called Mrs. Brightside that can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. And on those platforms, as well as YouTube, I also have a horror show called The Red Room, your horror news source. So, after Evil Dead is done, you can still talk horror with me. I'll listen. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need to commiserate quite a bit. You will, you will help me mop up my tears. I was gonna uh, say, can we like just go on your show and just cry, ugly cry, an just... hour of ugly crying? <laughs> I think that uh, needs to happen. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. I also do a podcast with Tari J Miller. It's called Missing Out. It is about art, culture, experiences, why these things resonate with us the way that they do, and how they shape the people that we become. It's the retrospective. That's introspective. We can be found wherever podcasts are located: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean. I believe we are now on Anchor. Follow our Twitter at Missing Out. Cast episodes drop every Tuesday. This week we are joined by my good friend and writer JQ Salazar to talk about Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. <gasps> Tari keeps trying real hard yeah. to get me into anime. Is it working? Tune in and find out. Mini episodes <laughs> missing out Mondays drop every Monday, also in your feed. Come check it out. We love you. You said my favorite vampire movie. Oh, my gosh. Okay, sorry. That's neither here nor there. We need to discuss that later. I'm Megan Salinas, and I was going to run off and watch some Billy Zane, but now yeah. I think I just need to rewatch Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust because it's my favorite. And I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mangun. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I do lots of things. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I will. Let's. We'll see you guys next week. For the final Evil Dad. Bye-bye, everybody. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Ghost Beaters for Life. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.